From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 509. Today's show is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens and Trade. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hi, Mike. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I, I am good, too. Good. I'm good. Why are you good? Because I mean, you're talking to me? Yeah. I mean, this is okay. quite accusatory. Like, I'm just mm. in a decent mood. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like I I'm sorry you know, I accused you for being in a good mood. I had a coffee before this. I had a good mm-hmm. lunch today. Do you know mm-hmm. Nando's, Brad? I'm familiar with the name. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I recall. So it's like chicken. Yeah. It's like chicken yeah. is their thing. Portuguese style chicken. I, th- I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Portuguese style? I know they're based in South Africa as a company, um, but I believe. But I think that their thing is like Portuguese style. Yeah, mm-hmm. so born in South Africa with a blend of Portuguese and British culture, which is mm-hmm. just like a funny thing. And I get it's like, like a stolen. chicken pita, and I get some sweet potato fries, and it comes with this garlic peri nays dip, which is great. I get it yes. every Wednesday because I record latest on Wednesdays. Nice. So That's it's how move. I, I fill myself up on an uncharacteristically large lunch to get me through to <laughs> when I get home at like 10 o'clock or whatever. Right? Yes, because while you record with me in the middle of the day, you're mm-hmm. kind of only getting started yeah. for the day. Um, can you tell me again what what was the, the bread item that your, your chicken came in? A pita. Mm. Oh, okay. sorry. That's, that's what pita. we're going to go with. Is that better? P E T E R. No, n- <laughs> it's it's not necessarily better. It's just different. How do it's you say different. it then? Uh, I say pita, but I don't know that that's correct. Like, why pita? would I profess to pita. thinking that? Oh is yeah, the, so that's right. Definitely the correct that way. T sound. Just say it like it's the letter mm-hmm. D, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. You got mm-hmm. it. Good work, American. Mm-hmm. Pita. That's it. Water. I'd love a glass of water with my pita We have a controversy on the podcast right now. Pita bread. There you go. Just place all the T's and D's. Mm -hmm. Uh Pita bread. If if I said that to to my wife, she would give me a a look. But I'm with you. I like pita. I like pita bread. We'll we'll Mm -hmm. go with that, I think. Um, This is a good introduction to our first topic, Mike, which is fountain pen (laughs) etymology. Oh, here we go. (laughs) So we talked about this. It was like, you know, for all the pens we talk about and, you know, uh, being avid fountain pen users and in the community where did the fountain pen actually come from what is the source uh of the word uh, would you would you like to attempt the the reading of this or or how would how do you want to do this well i mean what i'm looking at here is just the definition for the word fountain mm-hmm. you want me to read that well no i will cut to the chase um so it obviously comes from the word fountain fountain mm-hmm. pen the extended sense of artificial jet of water yep. and the structures, and the structures that, that makes make them. them so first recorded in 1500 but this is for a fountain so hence also fountain pen by 1823 oh see mm-hmm. so called for the reservoir that supplies a continuous flow of ink a French right. fountain, a French fountain pen is described in 1658, and Miss Burney used one in 1798. 1789. Oh, sorry, sorry, 1789. Fountain of Youth and the story of Ponce de Leon's quest for it seem to have been introduced in American English uh, in 1837. So it definitely comes from the jet of water you see in a fountain, and I guess this type of pen, when it was created and invented, it. It uh, had similar uh, qualities to what people are used to seeing in a fountain. Therefore, it became the fountain pen. Okay. 
clear, clear as mud. But yes, I well, mean, mm. it seems, you know, accurate. Like, okay, yeah, that's how it's going to happen, right? I mean, it's close enough. Yes. Right? Like, close I enough. would argue that fountains are typically constant. Like, they are either sourced from a, a large body of water that doesn't need refilling, or mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. refills itself, which a fountain pen does not do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, maybe I would maybe say it's more like a bucket pen in that <laughs> you can pour liquid from it, but it will end. Right, and it will not continuously run, which exactly. we do not want in our fountain pen. So... Do we need a proposal to rename the fountain pen to the bucket pen? Yes. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? <laughs> yep. Bucket pens. That's what I would like to call them. Okay. Or like, so. I don't know. It's like closer to like a jug or because that has like a spout, you know, or like mm-hmm. a teapot or mm-hmm. something. Okay. More than a fountain. Yeah. I I am actually with you. Um, pot pens. Pot pens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I, I, I'm going to stick with bucket and um, yeah, we're going to go with bucket pens because fountain is not how we want to describe most of our pens although i have a pen today mike that i will talk about later that is uh fountainous i guess um is definitely not a word but uh it flows like one so there you go what is it um we're gonna not talk about that one first we're gonna talk about the anti oh oh, i see we're gonna talk about the complete opposite of yeah, we're bookending. My fountain pen. Yeah, today, we're bookending. So lots of um, allusions to what's coming up later in this show. But I want to start off with this Esterbrook Needlepoint nib. Okay. So what we're going to do today is we're going to uh, dig a little bit deeper in some of the stuff that I picked up at the Atlanta Pen Show and that we talked about on a surface level last week while I was on vacation. And now that I've had more time to spend with some of the products, specifically nibs, this show is going to be a very nib-focused show. Um, I picked up the Esterbrook Needlepoint nib from uh, my friends at Kenro Industry, but they are now available, I think, from several vendors. When you go to buy an Esterbrook, the way they do their specialty nibs, like the journaler nib or this Needlepoint nib when you go to a retailer and say you want to buy an, an Esterbrook fountain pen and, or the Esty specifically, mm. you can have your nib size choice, you know, extra fine, fine, medium, whatever. And then you can have the add on option for the specialty nibs, you know, the journaler, which was the first one that um, Gina Salarino did. Yeah. And then um, uh, Joshua Lax has done one. And now Kirk Spears done one, which is the needle point. Those are add ons, right? They're more expensive add ons because, obvious reasons, right? These nibs have been modified to give you something a little bit more special and you get charged for it. So we'll have a link in the show notes to the Esterbrook pins page to read about it if you're interested in this type of thing. But I think that's kind of the kicker with these needlepoint nibs, Mike. Not everyone's going to be interested in this and that's okay. Mm -hmm. As far as a using, a use case perspective, right? Like you would never in a million years, I wouldn't even hand you this pen to test, because you would just go, yeah, no, it's not for me, and hand it right back, like within a sentence, right? It is really needly and sharp. I don't have a way to measure the thickness of the lines that small. Like, I don't have a micrometer or anything like that. But we're talking like 2.0.2 millimeter lines, maybe even less, right? It's very, very fine. 
which is what I enjoy writing with. Like I can write page after page with this small, tiny, firm handwriting. Mm -hmm. So this is on a steel Yovo nib and it's just great. Like it's exactly what I anticipated it would be because I have used other steel Yovo nibs before. And this one's done on a fine nib. So like the base nib is a fine nib and it's just ground down Kirk um, from Pen Realm who uh, partnered with Estherbrook to make this nib, just grinds it down and it's like a 0.2-ish millimeter line. It's very fine. Like compared to other needlepoint steel nibs that I have, it's right there with them, which is good. So I talked to Kirk about it at the Atlanta Pin Show because I sat with him to get a Lamy Safari extra fine nib ground into a needlepoint as well so I could use it in my different Safari. So I purposefully got Kirk to do it so I could sit and talk to him about, hey, what's the difference between what you're doing for me right now with this Lamy Safari versus what you did for Esterbrook with the needlepoint nib? And it was a fun conversation. And he was able to give me a couple of different sample pins for like his idea. So when you have, when you're someone like Kirk and you're making a nib that is ground and specific, but you're not sitting directly with your customer, you tend to tone it down just a little bit, right? So he has to meet the expectations of a needlepoint fan like myself while also making it very useful for someone who might just be dabbling and, you know, aren't going to worry about, you know, scraping through the page or something like that mm -hmm. if they don't necessarily know how to write with it. So it's like a balance. So his Esterbrook needlepoint may not be quite as needly as my Lamy Safari, for example. Like he told me right. as I was doing this, like we kept breaking down the Lamy Safari nib further and further and further as I got to set, sit there with him. And I was like, yeah, let's take it down further. And he's like, okay, so this will be, end <laughs> up let's being... Let's go deeper. <laughs> going into the quantum realm. Yeah. <laughs> There's no nib left, Brad. There's no nib. It is now a stub nib because we have to back let's out. Start again. <laughs> um, so yeah, like we can sit and have that conversation. And that's one of the benefits of going to a pen show, right? He can grind down the nib, hand it to me. I can test it. I say, this is good. Give me more, you know, more in this case, more needles. Um, and, and we can continue this back and forth till I'm done and he'll do whatever I want. He was like, oh, so you like it like this. Show me how you write. Try this pen. Tell me how you like this feels. And there you go. And then I buy the needlepoint from Esterbrook, the pre-ground one, and ask him to like, hey, hey, tell me how that came about. And he's like, yeah, it's really good. It's very needlepoint, but it's not going to be as you know sharp or as fine of a line as what I just did for you on the Safari. Except with the needlepoint, mm. Mike, there's only so much variation you can get, right? Of like course. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Oh, Mike, you'll enjoy this needlepoint, but not that one, right? There in the same category they're in the same realm they both meet the expectation of what i want in a it makes point. sense when you're going to such an extreme you will eventually hit a logical limit mm -hmm. that you can't find a lot of variation in grind to grind would be my expectation right so i can sit here and put the two pins side to side the esterbrook needlepoint nib 
and the Lamy Safari nib that Kirk Spear did both of. And if I don't have them inked up like identically, like I have two different inks in them right now, so that changes how the line looks on the page, they're awfully close. Like maybe I could say the Lamy Safari is fractionally different, but it's also not an even comparison because I'm not using the same ink, right? Mm -hmm. So, but they're that close. They're that close. So the other part of this conversation that I wanted to have is the price. Um, You can't avoid the fact that the Needlepoint is a $90 add-on for an Estabrook pen. I think, and I tried to look it up, and I, I didn't see it right offhand, like the journaler nib when it came out, it was around a $50 to $60 add-on, I'm thinking, um, which is fine as well. And I'm not saying $90 is too much. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But you have to understand you could the argue, different hands. What, you could argue... Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a lot for the pen it's going in. How much mm-hmm. is an Estabrook? Maybe uh, 165 to yeah. two low twos. But you're so, also talking to a guy who just spent $50 on a needlepoint nib mean, yeah, for Lamy Safari. I, right, and I've also spent obscene amounts of money on, money on stack nibs. I'm not saying right. that this is a, a th- I'm just saying like maybe for the... If this was your first needlepoint, mm-hmm. like I would consider that as a consideration, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, mm-hmm. is this the right move for you? Because like, I mm-hmm. feel like this kind of work or this kind of money spent on a nib, typically, I think is paired best with a pen you're really in love with, which could be that Estabrook. But mm-hmm. if you were buying it new with this nib. There's an interesting Correct. balance there, I think. Just Correct. I, I agree with like your big picture yeah. sentiment. The interesting thing so far is I haven't heard any complaints about the price, and I'm not saying it's too much. I'm saying this so people understand the different business aspects we're talking about here, right? So I sat down. I brought Kirk a nib. I sat down in front of him, said, hey, put a needle point on it, and it cost me $50. Or... Right. I can buy a pre-ground nib for $90. Well, how did that $90 nib come about? Well, it's going through a distributor mm-hmm. who has to mark them up to sell mm-hmm. to retail, who has to also pay Kirk for his work. And a needlepoint grind is not cheap on its own, right? I paid $50 for the privilege of that. So well, I don't also, think it's out of line. Also, I think you've got to price it at a point which would actually be discouraging to some people because there's a lot of manual work going mm-hmm. into this. Like if you made like a, you know, it's like, oh, we'll make it up in volume kind of deal. Well, that's a yeah. great idea. But then Kirk has one. to yeah. produce it in volume, which <laughs> and he's just one person, you know? Right, right. So, and I remember talking to Mike Masayama years ago about needlepoint grinds that he had to start charging more because they're actually more work um, mm-hmm. to to execute them but well. I expect more, more danger work. and I, I expect of most of the nib uh, grinds you can do uh, most likely for a failure, right? Right, right. So um, to your point, I, I think is correct in that $90 individually to customize an existing pen you already have 
is a a pretty good decision. You know, buying like another pin and then tacking it on there to like something you already have. That's that's a big a much bigger ask. You're turning a two hundred dollar pin into a three hundred dollar pin, and maybe that's worth it to you. Like, not everyone has like pin show access, right? Or mm-hmm. can or wants to take the time to send pins cross country or around mm-hmm. the world in some cases to to deal with all of that. So yeah, like that's that's what it costs, right? Like it's not an easy thing to do. And it goes through a lot of hands, you know, between distributor and retail and, and maker, right? There's a lot of extra levels of cost in there. So like that yeah, ninety ninety dollars is is seems about right. And like you you can't even ask, is it worth it? Right? Because like to me it is. But it's almost an irrelevant question, right? It's 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 an expensive premium, but I really enjoy it. I think as a as a buyer as well, there is some benefit. And again, while you, I agree, more expensive than at a pen show. And I'm not, I'm not. This is not a comment on anybody, Kirk or anyone. But like, if you buy this through a company for ninety dollars, if you're mm-hmm. unhappy with it, you can probably return it. Mm-hmm. True. It's not so easy to do that with a nib grind, right? Like that and- is much more of a like subjective conversation. Right. Because what are you returning? Right? Exactly. Like if you get something ground and you're not happy with it after a week, there's no, it kinda, there isn't really much that can be done about it. You know what I <laughs> right. mean? Like it's it's right. very complicated. It's like, well, yeah, maybe the nibmeister will say like, sure, just send it to me and I'll fix it for you. Mm-hmm. But what if there isn't anything to fix? Like you just don't like it anymore. And, right, and you know what I mean, and then it's like you can't return it because it wasn't their nib in the first place. But if you buy yep. one of these nibs through a larger company who's providing distribution for Estabrook, they probably have an, a period of time in which you could return it. Right, 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 and which is priced into like exactly that's how, the, that's how pricing works. Yeah, right? all the things get accounted for. So yes, that's part of the part of the equation. But I so, think yeah. that's part of the benefit, right? That this is. You know, what I will say is, like, you know, you got to make sure you, that you think it's right for you in the first place. As I said, like, if you've just bought your first Estabrook and you don't really love it yet, which, I mean, I have my own Estabrooks and I do love them. But, mm-hmm. like, if you're not sure it's right for you, I don't know if I would suggest doing a $90 a media upgrade. But if you love your pen, you want to try this out, like, this is actually a really good path to do that. Like, if you're like, what is this fuss about needlepoints? Like, right. this is a this is a available option where otherwise it with less complication um and maybe less less uh potential risk attached to it yep and my decision to buy it well number number one i like needle points number two i review things and i like to talk about new things that created but number three i was only going to buy it if i knew what pin it was going to go in and i you know planned on it going into my montana sapphire like i have a fancy esterbrook that's a, already a $300 Estabrook that I would like to upgrade with this nib. Like that's the, the, the calculation I made. Um, I just happened to end up with another Estabrook that it went into. That's equally as special, which we might talk about later in this episode. All right. Should we take a break and then get to that? Coffee break, buddy. Coffee break and talk about a wonderful sponsor trade. We love here at the pet Attic podcast. Because trade is all about making sure that you have great coffee. I have got so much good coffee from trade. I, you know, one of the things that they, you know, in the in the ad copy that we get, they they ask us, you know, like to, to talk about our experience a little bit. And one of the things that it mentions is, were you surprised at the results? 
and what I'll say is like at first I was surprised that when I took the quiz that they have, have a really great quiz you can just start to kind of talk about what you like in coffee and what you don't and then they'll match you up or something so when I did that and they sent me one, I was like, oh, wow, this is really great. I was no longer surprised with any of the other <laughs> coffees that came in because I then had complete faith in trade to deliver coffee to me that I was going to enjoy. And they have every single time. Yep. Like, when you become a trade coffee customer, you can enjoy knowing you have the freshest and best tasting coffee you ever made at home. And the coffee you'll be drinking will be from the country, the US, the best independent craft roasters around, which helps out those small businesses a lot too, which I love. Uh, so one of, one of the things I love about trade is that they source it from all these small companies. I just think that's so awesome. It's one of the best things about coffee is how many small companies there are doing things differently and um, yeah, it's really I, I love it. And Trades Coffee Team they taste test thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every single day. And everyone has that uh, everyone has that one coffee that they just love. And Trades going to help you find it. Trade is so incredibly confident that they will match you right the first time. If they don't, you're going to get just give some feedback, right? You can contact them, tell them what you tell them what the experience is, what you like about it, what you don't. Because one of their actual coffee experts is going to work with you to send a brand new bag for free so you know that you're going to be looked after. Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best coffee roasters, small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. It takes just answering a couple of questions to get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping. Just go to drinktrade.com slash penaddict. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash penaddict, and you can let Trade find you a coffee that you're going to love. That URL one more time, drinktrade.com slash penaddict for $30 off. Our thanks to Trade for the support of this show and Relay FM. Shout out to Portrait Coffee in Atlanta, uh, a new roaster that I found out because of trade that uh, is making some killer, killer stuff. So, did you say definitely portrait loving coffee? Portrait, yes, like a nice. picture frame yeah, portrait. I just found their website. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, really, I like really their really branding. Cool. Yeah, I love br I love good branding on coffee. Man. <laughs> it's so important to me. I don't know why. I, just, I love it though. You know what's silly about trade that I love? As I digress here, mm -hmm. when I get that little red package in my mail. Mm-hmm. Do you, I don't know if you get the same in the UK, but I get the, the my the bags of coffee are wrapped in this little red cellophane. I, I know that's a new bag of coffee. That's, that's good, right? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like a yeah. little simple thing. Like it probably costs them like two cents. And I'm like, I like it registers with me. Oh, little red bag. That means yep. coffee. It's good. It's a nice little bag too. All right, Mike. Okay, Brad. <clears throat> Let's have a discussion. All right. I did a thing at the pen show which I, d I did more than one thing at the pen show where I just bought things mm -hmm. to try or I bought things not necessarily on a whim, right? I, I hesitate to tell people to like, don't buy things without like thinking about it or knowing what you're getting into. But what happens with me a lot of times is when I've read a lot about products or researched a lot about products and had a lot of time to think about products and you know, see how other people use products, you know, you kind of build this little mini database in your head of like, if I ever have this opportunity, would I buy this? Yes or no. Right. And you kind of have a little bit of baseline for it. So over the years, 
the the stack nibs and the the customized nibs have become really popular in our world from almost like an experimental perspective, right? So Sailor, this is all Sailor's fault because they in-house make some really wild, crazy, customizable nibs that now we have enough people in the fountain pen community around the world that can see these things and are talented enough to try to mimic some of these things on their own, different materials, different construction ideas to get these line results that Sailor would get with their custom nibs. And Sailor, I don't know, they probably make 10 or 12 different custom nib shapes and designs. But this has led this kind of uptick in experimentation from a lot of people. And you have participated in Mm -hmm. purchasing some of these nibs. We've done a show in the past where we talked about stacked nibs specifically because uh, my friend Andrew wrote a post on the Pen Attic blog. He is a huge stacked nibs fan. He has tried to get me into them for years. And when we discuss it on the podcast, our friend CY at Tokyo Inklings got in touch with you, Mm -hmm. uh, you specifically, because no one really thought that, and and myself included, that I would be a real candidate for the big, broad nibs that um, you ended up getting. They're like markers. Yeah, so you got two, is that correct? You have have two two, stack nibs? Yeah, Yeah. and uh, both from CY, Uh and... Um, you're still are you still using them like pretty the frequently? The, the they're t- okay. they're in my um my Sinclair that I take okay. every day. They are two of the six pens I have in the Sinclair constantly. Really? Nothing's going to change it. That's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. That's that's I like just really cool. I, I I absolutely love using those pens. So I've been thinking about it and how I would use these these types of nibs. Right. So that's like the main buying decision anyone should make is not, oh, this is cool or, oh, this is limited, but, oh, how will I use this? And is my money going to be well spent? Because let's be perfectly honest, these nibs, like the needle point I mentioned before, are not cheap, not even remotely, mm-hmm. because there is a lot of work that goes into them and sometimes a lot of materials that go, go into them. Like, there's a lot of cost that goes into this. So I was sitting at the Atlanta Pen Show with Damien from All in the Nib getting a nib grind done. And one of the cool things Damien does is he offers pre-ground nibs for sale, right? So like say you wanted a cursive italic nib, Damien's all booked up for the whole weekend. You can grab like a Yovo cursive italic nib um, pre-ground that will fit in your Yovo compatible pens and you just can buy it essentially off the shelf, right? So Gina's done that. I've bought some nibs from them in the past and, you know, Damien has done it and I, I like the opportunity to pick up something extra, right? So I'm sitting getting work. I can also bring home, you know, a different Yovo nib for whatever pen I might have in mind to use. So sitting there on his display is a stack nib from a friend of the show, friend of the pen shows, Jim, who is also known as Pen Sloth on Instagram. And he's been dabbling in this for a while now, making different stack nibs, experimenting with, you know, attachments, you know, how to stack the nibs, how to grind the nibs, how to make the proper shapes in the nibs. And it's just sitting there, right? It's like sitting there, Naganatogi, stacked steel Yovo nib. And 
I'm looking at it. I'm like, cool. And of course, Damien, being the the smart uh, individual that he is, has a different one to test, <laughs> right? So he's like, oh yeah, you hey, look in this jacket right here. Uh, look at all these watches I have for sale. Do you need a watch? And he's like, hey, you want to try this out? I'm like, you know, while I'm actually sitting there waiting for work, you know, testing these things out. And I was like, ah, oh, that's that's pretty cool. That's nice. It's like. I, I'm gonna end up with this nib, aren't I? <laughs> like I'm just I'm I'm buying this nib, and he's like, eh, you know, whatever, you know, it's a, it's not it's not cheap. Um, so yeah, I I bought a stack nib, my first stack nib. It's the Naganata Togi shaped, like I mentioned, steel nib, uh, double stacked. It's not like a it's not like a five nib monstrosity, um, that you you will see sometimes. Uh, these these nib makers will will experiment with. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm kind of liking it. Like I'm not I'm not hesitantly liking. It. I'm not begrudgingly liking it. I'm deciding that I think this might work for how I use things. If I, I will allow myself to have these wider lines on my page, right? So that's the mental block that I have. Um, in the how will I use it portion of the program, right? Like it, this nib was $160 just for the nib, right? And I'm not going to spend that kind of money if I'm not going to use it. So how will I use it? And I'm still trying to figure that out, right? I've just inked it up this morning, as a matter of fact, to start play with it. And it took me so long because I really wanted, wasn't sure what ink to put into it. Um, but I went with a pretty normal ink with some character. I chose to, chose Sailor Yamadori, which is probably like a top five all-time ink because it's got good shading and good sheen. And it flows well, and I like Sailor inks. It's pretty cool, right? So the Naganata Togi design allows for angle dependent line variation. And if you buy one of these in a pen, it's $600. If you, yeah, and that's really like those sailor pens. Is that what you're talking about? Uh huh. So, and that's like the most basic sailor bearer. You're really essentially buying like a six hundred dollar nib. Yeah, because it's just a black nineteen eleven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fine. Like, but yeah, the sailor nibs, and but the sailor nibs are also gold, right? So, yeah. Um, the one I bought is oh, steel. So, okay, so explain it to me then. Mm-hmm. Is it just Naginata Togi inspired? So it's the shape, yeah. It's the shape, the nib shape, and the writing expectation is the Naganata Togi terminology, right? So okay. it's a, it's based, it's an angle dependent to where, if your pen angle is very high to the page, mm-hmm. the line is narrower, um, and then the line gets wider as you lower your angle yeah, to the page yeah. in the a horizontal Togi fashion. Is not a stacked nib, right? Generally not. Yeah. Right. So the Naganata Togi, you can get a ground, you can get one of your nibs ground into a Naganata Togi, which we'll we'll speak about here um, in this in this segment also. But you generally need super large tipping, like from a sailor zoom nib level of tipping to get a true full scope naganata togi right Mm -hmm. so what i did separately from this nib which we'll get back to in a second is i bought a broad nib from jonathan brooks when i bought a pen to take it over to matthew chen at matthew's nib works 
to get a what he sells as a mini Naganata Togi grind. I'm like, okay. yeah, that's the one for me because I can take a broad nib, which has a good amount of tipping, but it's not enough for any type of what you would call a pure Naganata Togi grind. It's just not a big enough platform for him to make the full shape to get the full scope of what a Naganata Togi should be. So he does a mini one. I was like, oh, this is really great. I actually did that first before I decided to buy Jim's nib. Um, and I liked how I wrote with someone else's. I like the idea of it. It's basically like if you think of it like an architect style nib to where you know, your horizontal sh- strokes are broader and your vertical strokes are thinner. Yeah, one one of my stack nibs is in this style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't so know your left to right lines exactly are wide. considered the same. Like we'd need to mm-hmm. check to see why, but it has that kind of hook. Uh, yep. on the end of it, right? So like you can you can get multiple line variation from the yeah. way that you hold the nib. So someone described it like a spear tip, like it's kind yeah. of rounded to the point, and if yep. you hold it, if you point it up, it's a thinner line horizontally and if you lean it back it's a wider line horizontally so it's really enjoyable i've sat here tried to see how many different like line widths i can get then you can flip it over right and write really really fine with it um so like it's got that added bonus so i got that from matthew and i really enjoy that i've been using that since i got it right i inked that up immediately been playing with it and i was a little more hesitant i was like what am i going to do with this stack nib am i going to like uh, like at worst case i'm going to test it out and try it and that's what i'm doing right now i'm enjoying it i can envision how i'm going to use this as not just a complimentary pen to what i'm using kind of like you right you're it's it it provides a compliment even if it it can be your main writer but it can also complement what you already have on the page and how you do your work and I am really my my mind is kind of refreshed on giving this a try and seeing the different things I can do to enhance my writing as opposed to just saying, hey, this is a big marker. I don't need a big marker, right? I'm trying to be very open minded in in my usage of this. Mm. So I'm I'm really going to, I'm really happy so far, even though it's really only been literal hours since I've used it, but it's making me smile and that's always a good start (laughs) and changing my perspective and openness of like not shutting off things immediately that I don't think were going to work for me. Like there, there's things that won't work for you, right? Like we talked about you and a needle point. It is absolutely not going to work. And I wasn't sure that these were type of nibs were going to work for me. And there is a limit, right? I'm not going like, I don't envision necessarily going bigger or wider with something like this because, like you said, it is a marker style. Um, but I'm enjoying it. You're going to see a lot more of me talking about this, right? I don't think this will become a new thing for me. Like, I'm not all of a sudden going to need, like, five shapes of stack nib grinds for marker pens, right? But I, I like this. Like, I'm enjoying this. I, I kind of have two now, even though only one's, like, a big stacked experimental type nib. And... um I guess it's more of a story of me experimenting and seeing how it goes and so far so good. I'm very happy. Yeah, I I am too. Like in a like in a confused way. I was like, huh. Maybe like I am I am definitely open minded about it. 
I'm definitely enjoying it. It's yeah. I like I do like the story aspect of the level of nerdery that this is in an extremely nerdy hobby. Like this is, you know, nth degree type of nerdiness. Yeah. And I'm I'm always here for that type of stuff. So yeah, it's it's making me happy for all of these things, um, including the usage of it. So more experimentation, more uh, show and tell. I'll I'll be talking about this pen um, or this nib specifically um, a lot going forward. And same with the the mini Naganata Togi, which I actually have used for just basic writing. Uh-huh. Like it's it's at least half the line width of this this stacked one that I have. So they're two very actually very different pens besides having the same idea for both of them they're very very different and unique well, you can't make fun of me here all right i can't I'm that's not, not, not what even i'm remotely. about to say okay so because i know you're gonna you're gonna jump to the immediate joke so as somebody who's used stack nibs very frequently for the last nine months one thing i will give you as a piece of advice is cleaning the nibs is more complicated okay because like if you, you know, I don't know if you ever uh, like use a cloth or tissue paper or something to like clean the nibs or you want to dry it or whatever, or you say you've got ink, uh, an excess of ink on the nib or something. Mm-hmm. Because what I have found is there are more places for, say, a cloth to catch on the nib, mm. right? Because you've yep. got these two surfaces on top of each other. So just something to watch out for. Like it's just something that, that I have to be pretty, uh, pay attention to, right? Because imagine like, you know, you've got like the stacked part one on top of the other. So if right. you were to clean down from the body of the pen, like downwards, like you would on a normal nib, right? You just go yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to yeah. catch. Right. Or, or it's very okay. likely to catch. So just something yeah. to be aware of. If there kind of isn't a great way to do it. You just have to just be very particular. <laughs> Yeah. So two quick things on that. One, I purposefully didn't choose a shimmer ink for that, even though theoretically, like you want this big bold line for that. But I was also worried about, hey, this is like gonna a be build up. Yeah, much yeah. more difficult to clean than shimmer inks already are. Yeah, and um, I, I will say, like, I don't know why this is, but my the the, the nib the pens that I use, like the those nibs, the stack nibs, they tend to have quite a little. They have more ink on them on the nibs yeah. than my other pens. Maybe it's because they they like pool in different areas or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, the second thing is I did just write down Mike was right, uh, which is really more of an Andrew was right, CY was right, and uh, you were right after them, but before me. So yeah, I, I'm digging this it. It's such a great experience, and like. That's like, a good really way. Is. A good it, word. Experience. It really is like using, like especially uh, one of mine. I wished I could remember how to describe them properly now, which I'm terrible at. But the one that I have in my Canalea pen, mm-hmm. it is it's huge. Uh, it's not the <laughs> Naga Naga Togi one. It's basically like just two nibs. I think there were two platinum nibs just like sandwiched on top of each other. And it's a music nib mm-hmm. as the base, and then there's yeah. another nib on top. Yeah. It is like using a marker pen, <laughs> but I know that. And so I use it for that kind of stuff. Like I write a lot of headings with it and stuff like that. But like I will sit and write in my journal with that pen. Like I'll write my daily thoughts with that pen. But I just know I'm not going to have as much space. Yeah, yeah. I I love it. Yep. I'm I'm glad that we have makers in our community that are willing to experiment and and bring these out for other people to have fun with. So it's very, very cool. I do hope that this experience will push you towards getting one of CY's nibs. 
Oh, I, I'm sure. Like, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to end up with like five or six of these, but I could see like two, right? Like, yeah. try something. So I have my Yovo one, right? Which uh-huh. moves around. And then I could get something, you know, Japanese gold nib, you yeah. know, pick a pick a sailor or a platinum or something like, yeah. or a pilot oh, to so have special, for Brad. that aspect. So, like, that, I could see and that, like, you being put it in something really special, you know, you put it in like a really nice platinum or, yep. you know, something like, or a great sailor pen, like a king of pen or something. So I'll start saving for uh, like Tokyo 2023. But yeah. you know, I'm not that I'm not that patient. So you know, we'll see. Cheap. We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens. Uni is the world's number one pizza oven company. I think it's purely because they make a surprisingly small oven that can be powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas that lets you make restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard and is so portable it will fit into any outside space. Uni also focuses on making their pizza ovens incredibly easy to use. They reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit, 500 degrees Celsius. This is what lets you cook that restaurant-quality pizza in your home in as little as 60 seconds. This is a massive difference. It's like worlds apart from what you can produce in a regular home oven. That's what makes the difference. Uni have a couple of models that are really popular. One is the Uni Karu. This is multi-fueled, so you can choose whether you want to use wood, charcoal, or gas. You know, maybe that ends up giving you different uh, results, and you can choose between which you want or which you have access to at the time. There's also the Uni Coda 16. This is a gas-powered oven that cooks uh, pizzas of up to 16 inches in size with an innovative L-shaped burner at the back that gives you even heat distribution throughout. This is the one you have, Brad, right? Yep. Yep. So we use the um, the uh, uh, natural gas and with the L shaped burner, and it is just <laughs> it is so cool. Like it's uh, it cooks perfect pizzas. In yep. we can cook five pizzas in five minutes, right? Like it's That's madness. Great, so you get everyone together to like make their own personal pizza, however they want it, and then we just line them up, and I I go in and get them, pop them out in the oven. Stand there for 30 seconds, spin it, stand there for 30 seconds more, bring it in, grab another one, and we're all eating like hot pizza, customized pizza, personal pizza in like the span of five minutes. It's fan-freaking-tastic. I love my uni. And I think it was Jason Snow that was telling me because he has the gas one too. He also has outdoor heaters, and they use uh, the same yeah. gas. Yes. Right? Yeah. So they have tanks underneath those yeah. heaters. So yeah, it's the exact same type of situation. So I just have it for Uni. So it, it actually, uh, uh, I keep it outside, uh, mm-hmm. separate, and then I keep the Uni inside when we store it up. That's the other good thing about the the Coda is like the legs stack up, and like yeah. when it's after it cools down the next day, I just pick it up and haul it inside and and stick it in this like little outdoor closet uh, stuff that we have. So it's great. Listeners of this show can get 10% off their purchase of an Uni pizza oven, which is up to $50 off of a Uni Coda 16. Just go to uni.com, that's O-O-N-I.com, and use the code ADDICT22 at checkout. When you're there, you'll also find a great range of accessories from peels to cutters to oven tables. Everyone wants to make excellent pizza at home. This is why Uni pizza ovens are in such high demand always, so don't miss out. And you get that 10% off when you use the code ADDICT, A-D-D-I-C-T, 22 at checkout just go to uni.com uni pizza ovens are the best way to bring restaurant quality pizza to your own backyard a thanks to uni pizza ovens for their continued support of this show and relay fm i wanted to know Mm -hmm. from you 
you know, now that you're a, a week and change uh, out from the Atlanta Pen Show, you bought like 165 pens there. <laughs> I just wonder if there's any of the selection that you came home with that you've been uh, more drawn to or spending more time with. It's funny. So it's nothing that we've talked about today, <laughs> which is weird to say. Like I was, I had to think about this because my new Esterbrook that I bought was an Esterbrook prototype. And I, I need to take uh, pictures and put all these on Instagram so I can s- start showing y'all and stop talking about it. I know I, I sent them out to Panatic members. You've seen a lot mm-hmm. of the pictures, but I like these need to be shared obviously publicly. And I, I do that too, but I'm just a little bit slow on the Instagram sometimes. It's this really great blue and white wavy sparkly pen. Um, that's just fantastic. It has a needle point in it, but that's not my number one used pen from the Atlanta pen show. Which that honor goes to the Olive Franklin Christoph uh, Model mm. 46. Part of the reason is the color of the pen. Part of the reason is the shape of the barrel. Part of the reason is the color of orange ink that I chose to match with it. But the primary reason goes along with the theme of this show, and it's the nib. So I got an extra fine sig nib done by audrey man you're all Um, over the nib map today (sighs) right we've gone from needlepoint to stack nib to Mm -hmm. uh italic something in between italic grand (laughs) yeah Yeah. wow um like as you get into this hobby the main thing that i've always wanted and the thing that i've always said is the best part about this hobby is how customizable the fountain pen writing experience is and people say why fountain pens and i say because it's the most customizable writing experience now that always that doesn't always come on day one when you buy a fountain pen right but after years of experimentation and years of trying new things and Obviously, I have the benefit of a lot of access to test these new things. I can dial in what works best for me. And that's why Stack Nib has never been on the radar, right? Because I haven't been open-minded enough to, like, let's try this and see what we can do. But something like a needlepoint or something like this extra fine SIG complements my writing so well that Nib in a different pen may not give me the same feel, right? So it's the combination of all of those things. It's like style, aesthetic, build, shape, nib performance, ink. All of these things add up to something that fits me very, very well that's customizable to me that I chose, right? I customized all these things, putting it together and nailed it like 10 out of 10. Boom, I did it. Whereas if I hand you the pen, you 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 might like it and say this is a great pen, and then ch- pick something else, right? Like it's that's why we enjoy what we do so much is because we get to have these conversations about mm-hmm. what works for you and why it works for you and what information I can glean from that to use in my own writing, right? So again, like all the things we talked about today are very very specific for me, but I hope it's informational in people you know wanting to learn more about things or conversely scratching something completely off the list you know like a needlepoint oh like that is not going to work with my cursive loopy handwriting right so it it i really appreciate how all of these things work together 
And, you know, that's why we've been able to do this podcast so long because it's, it's the discussions are infinite when you're trying to do something personal, like something as personal as like a writing experience, right? It's, it's very individualistic. That's why, like, I continue, continue to grab this Franklin Christoph Model 46 just for all the things. That is definitely my favorite pen that I came away with mm. um, from the weekend. Um, and, you know, it was an expensive pen, but it's probably one of the least expensive pens that I picked up. And it might be my favorite, right? But that doesn't mean I don't love the other ones. It's just you know when you keep grabbing for the same thing over and over because the joy you get from just using it is that good you you know you did a good job and make it made a good purchasing decision it does look really cool that pen like i mean yeah. i'm sure it works great but it looks amazing right aesthetically it makes you pick it up right yeah. and yeah. then you then you decide you know okay is this the right shape for me because it does come in other franklin christoph shapes uh-huh and then well what do i want to do on the front end to complement that in a nib and then what ink do I want in it to kind of put it all together and you have this whole concoction that just ends up you know being perfect and I, I really like that Brad did mention uh, his newsletter I'll take an opportunity to mention it uh, more completely uh, Brad has a wonderful uh, membership newsletter called refill which goes out every week on Sundays um, and you can go and check it out for yourself by going to penaddict.com slash members. Uh, I love refill. I read it every week. And this past weekend, was it was it the weekend before? we? Uh, yeah, it was this past weekend's edition. Kind of you too, showed off yeah. a lot more information about all of the stuff that you bought. So yeah. I know you're going to publish uh, individual things yeah. and more on the blog. We'll talk about more on the show. But I also just, also there's a thing called the Pen Addict Rating system <laughs> the par which we should probably do a show on one, that well this was always weird. the plan right this is the first mm-hmm. time we've mentioned it one day we're going to talk about the par mm-hmm. but i think your plan is to eventually make some of that information more public but yes it's yeah. a fascinating extra thing where brad has been assigning a rating system to mm-hmm. a selection of uh well-known products it's it's mm-hmm. really cool actually <laughs> it's something i've wanted to do forever and i've never been like confident enough that i could pull it off and it'd be oh, worth you're doing everybody's time uh i've gotten more feedback on that than almost anything i've, well, yeah, I've done you're making in a some long time real moves i mean some <laughs> of them, I and it's don't... not on it's not on purpose it's, mm-hmm. it's just like the words i want to get out about things so yeah yeah so we'll we'll share we'll share more of that like i don't yeah. intend to keep things private but i do run a membership program and you know, members, you know, you always want to... You get it first. You get it first and talk about it. So, yeah, but the 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 rating system does require tons of context, right? It's almost, you kind of need to look at it as a whole, um, a big picture type of thing. So I needed to, like, put in the work to start building that, like, over the first year. So it's been, it's been fun so far. I'll have another one coming out this afternoon. Yeah, I, I want to break down a bunch of them later on, but... Yeah. We'll do. We'll. We'll. That will definitely be a show in in the near future. Maybe this summer, sometime. Right. Yeah. All right. So should we do a couple of? Well, actually, we'll do some TPA, but it's got some follow up because uh, before the yeah, let's do the show. Yep. We had a message from Craig, and Craig wanted some help uh, finding a pen uh, over a hundred dollars, and I believe that you've met Craig at the show. <laughs> it was awesome. So poor Craig. <laughs> so Craig, shout out to Craig for being extremely patient. Um, 
I got the full he got the full pen attic experience in the few minutes that I was I met him and said, Yeah, let me go help you and let me go show you a few things of what I was talking about and then you can take it from there and if you have any questions. And from the time I met Craig, said, Hey, let's go look at some things, it was probably another fifteen to twenty minutes of me talking to other people you know, getting stopped, taking pictures, doing the whole the whole pen addict routine at a Saturday morning on a pen show, knowing that I also have to leave in about 30 minutes. I felt kind of bad for Craig, but we got there. We got there and he was very happy with what he ended up going with. He sent me a, a picture on Twitter. He ended up getting a, a Pilot Custom 74 and some ink and some paper. And uh, he was real appreciative. And I tell that to anyone at a pen show. You know, if you see me at a pen show, I will help you shop for things and help answer questions and I do that a lot at pen shows and you know a lot of the pens I bring to pen shows are representative of things that people may want to research at a pen show mm-hmm. so they can try like I had you know a friend trying to decide you know what type of Japan they want they bought a pelican and they wanted to have like a Japanese pen now you know a comparable you know so do we look at a pilot do we look at a platinum do we look at a sailor and you know, they were able to test out a few of these things. You know, what about a Pilot 823? I hear everyone raving about that. So I have an 823 there for them to test. Or maybe they're considering getting a nib grind. And, you know, I have a few different nib grinds on certain pens. And we can discuss why this grind over this grind or what, you know, these type of things, um, these comparisons are. And that's my favorite part of the pen show is helping other people out. So yeah, it was cool. It was cool to meet, uh, meet Craig and I'm glad he had a good time at the pen show and I hope I helped out a little bit. Well, that's, that's like the prime service, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love direct help. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, like, especially people that it's their first pen show. I was like, Hey, if you have any questions, just come find me and I'm, I'm glad to help out. All right, should we knock out? Talking of helping out, should we do some STPA? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a bunch of STPA, and I apologize. We have some really long and detailed ones that I want to get to. I don't know that we're going to be able to get to them this week, but we'll hit um, we'll hit maybe this one this week, and then maybe we can do like a full STPA show pretty soon because I know I'm behind on a couple of these, and people are probably already moved on from me trying to answer these questions. But uh, let's let's hit a couple and, and see what we can do. All right. First comes from Kathy. So this is Kathy Campbell, who is our community manager here at Relay FM <laughs> and host of a uh, host of Roboism and Conduit. Uh, so after last week's episode, where you mentioned the um, <laughs> the Estabrook Esty, the uh-huh. the candy one, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I immediately sent this to Kathy <laughs> because Kathy loves unicorns. She is the unicorn sidekick. Yep, and I I took one look at this pen and I knew it was uh-huh. for Kathy, so I sent it yep. to her and she bought it immediately as I expected, <laughs> and then asked the question, "What ink should I get to match this pen?" Number one, they just need to change the name of this pen to the SD Kathy Fountain Pen. Yeah, I, I actually you're don't right. think There's... Candy is a great name for this. Actually, actually, I don't either. It, it, I would have been fine with Cotton Candy. As a as a whole, sure. yeah. Because like when I think of candy, like just candy, mm-hmm. it's red and white, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? That's what I imagine. Yeah. You know, hmm, what do I imagine if I just say candy? That's a good question. I'd have to think about that. But it's not this. This is 
this is this is definitely cotton candy. It's unicorn. Like uh, this is like yeah, unicorn. But it's more unicorn like, than anything. Uh, it's uh, pink and mythical. purple and gold yeah. and sparkly. Yeah. Like it's all of the things. It's amazing. It's amazing. Which which makes it a little bit difficult to nail the ink. So my first inclination is to just go for the straight up hot pinks that I love so much. Uh, specifically, uh, Pannonia cotton candy shocker. Um, to go in there. Um, I also just bought Pilot Orochizuku Sutsuki, which is another hot pink. I like all the hot pinks and magentas to go in like the pink and blue pens. I mean, always got to give a shout out to Califolio Andronopole. Yeah, Califolio Andronopole is right in that same category. Uh Um, But those are what we would consider standard inks. And as you and I both know, Kathy is not a standard person. Um, and I mean that in a loving way. She's amazing. So she almost deserves more sparkle with this pen, don't you think? Like, what, what yeah. can we do for sparkly? I mean, this really this really calls for a shimmer ink, right? It kind of does. I think it does. Um, yeah, and I think I would probably, in that case, if I'm going shimmer, if I'm going writing ink, I'm going with, like, magenta um you know, hot pinks, things like that. If I'm going sparkle ink, I'm going to pick one of the purple sparkly inks kind of um, to, to go with this to complement just the swirls and I th- and have like the gold sparkles. So I don't have one specifically offhand, but like the Robert Oster uh, Shake and Shimmer and the Diamine Shimmers. Um, what have I tried in the past? Um, I tried one of the grape ones. My, I think it's a little too dark. My issue with this is I agree with you on the shimmer ink. Mm-hmm. I have not tried a shimmer ink in a color that I think would match this pen. That's my yeah, problem. There's some purple ones out there. Oh, I know, I'm, not, um, I'm sure that there are, right? But I haven't right. tried it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've tried the the brand of shimmer ink, say, you know, the J. Herbon or Robert Oster, mm-hmm. but the exact color in those inks, like, I don't know that I could pick one out, but we could... But I know, like, if you pick one from those brands, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. So let me let me look real quick. We're, I'm I'm browsing. I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find something fast enough, but let's see. What about remember the one, Robert Oster the... Shake and Shimmer, Las Vegas? Oh, what does that look like? It's like it's purple. Oh, that's the new one. Oh, and it's a bright purple, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's probably a good choice. That that's looks probably pretty better fun, than I want right? to come up with. Purple yeah, yeah, yeah. with like a little green in there mm-hmm. to give a bit and, of contrast. And so the second one, I will tell you, let me get the name. It's one of the Venta Fantasy inks. And there's a bluish, pinkish one that actually might be the best color. Um, But it's brand new. I don't know where I can find it real quick. Okay. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, so vamp for me. I'm going to get this. Well, my vamping is currently looking um, at a website called Pure Pens. Mm Mm-hmm. I've never heard of them before, I don't think. But they have Vinta inks. Okay. I know I can find the link. I just The name is weird, so I, I can't recall it. Because one of the things that I was wondering about this pen is because there's so many colors. Like, mm-hmm. would this be one where you wouldn't try and match one of the colors? Like, you would go with something off base that, like, no. thematically matches, but color, but doesn't match color? Like, I was wondering about that, you know? No, I think you kind of want to go reasonably matchy. Because I, I was thinking a gold right, ink would be fun. Here it is. 
It's called Lock Bay. I'll send you. I'll put the link in here. Okay. It's blue with a pink shimmer. Okay. Oh, uh, let's see here. But I couldn't remember the name. Hmm. There you go. Take a look at that one. So that's a brand new ink. They have a fairy tale collection. I'm I'm saying fantasy collection. Oh, fairy this is also collection. really good. Yeah. This but one. Is this does this have like sparkles in it, or is it just yeah. a shimmery? It is. It's got it's got it's got shimmer. Hmm. So this whole fairy tale collection, probably any of these inks. There's one called Plume. I don't know if it's Plume, but it's more purpley. And then they have a gold one. Um, I would maybe look at the the Venta fairy tale collection. That's that might be the the option if if Kathy wants a shimmer type ink. Otherwise, if I, like I said, if I'm picking just a pure writing ink, I'm going hot pink. Just because I personally like hot pink so much, and I have that pen yeah. here, the candy, and I think hot pink would look great coming from that nib um but if i wanted something if i wanted to get a shimmer ink in there i'm not going with a pink one i'm going with a a purple blue type of setup so yeah makes sense Finta fairy tale brand new hot stuff we're going to be reviewing them on the uh, blog here very soon i got samples of all those inks and they look they look amazing uh and joe asked uh what do you both think of the 2022 Pro Gear Soda Pop. I was bummed about the price increase, but this looked too good to pass up. I'm pleasantly surprised by the slim model, which I thought might be too small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it's fantastic. It's, it's a good looker. Fantastic. Yeah. It. The, I mean, I'm gonna say the one thing that I I'm contractually obligated to say, and it's it's no knock on this pen. It's that they've done this several times, right? It's it's. It looks the same yeah, as... Yeah, I feel like I've seen it before. Lucky Blue looks the same as like a couple of other limited editions they do. But that's the thing I always talk about. Like with Sailor or anyone who does limited editions, sometimes this is someone's first limited edition. Yeah. Right? And they don't care what came before. Uh-huh. And independently of my past experience with seeing this pen before, it's independently great. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's almost perfect. So if I'm into this stuff or if I'm looking for my first um, Sailor pen or like Sailor Limited Edition, like expensive Sailor pen, you're going to be hard pressed to find a better looking one than this one, in my opinion. For me, like I, I it's just fantastic. Yeah. Right. Just really and bright then, blue, completely demonstrated with gold uh, glitter sprinkled throughout the body. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. Really, yep. really great. I don't know what the finial looks like. I haven't seen an image of that. Um, uh, probably standard. The nib standard. So I think okay. most of the north, the pen of the years are pretty standard nib uh, finials. Still Let's old. See. It style does have the new nib. anchor nib. It has a no. It's got no, the, it's new, the anchor. new one. Let me see. I just saw it. Uh, I thought I saw a new anchor. No, it's the old one. You're right. Yeah. It's the old I one. thought I saw this one. Nope. Top. No, no one picture the has one. the. Yeah, it's the old one. One yes, picture the has one. weird lighting that makes me yeah. think it's the new one, don't, but it's don't the old test one. me. Sorry. When it comes no to finial. sailor, I mean, come on. Man. I know. There's I'm no looking at one there. right now. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. at the nib. <laughs> yeah, because it still has all the adornment on it, right? Yeah. Where the newer yeah. ones, they kind of got rid of a lot of that and just focused right more on the anchor. anchor and less on the 1911 too. Yep. I think it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple of pens that are like this not this color right but mm-hmm. i have a purple one that has this like glitter through it and stuff so right sometimes you can get too many of the same thing yeah if you're looking for this type of pen you're going to be hard pressed to find a better one than, yeah than, and i will say what one. joe's saying 
the slim. The slim is not small, it's just thin. Yeah. Right? Like the difference between a slim and standard pro gear. It's not Yeah, I sometimes have to look at them a little bit closer. Yeah. Like it's not the length of the I mean, there is a length difference, but it's sm- mm-hmm. it's a very small difference. Yeah, it's more it of is, a diameter. It is, it's more of a diameter thing. And honestly, sometimes I can forget. Like which ones of my pens are slims and which ones are standards. So like, right, I w- I, w- I wouldn't let it put you off, and and I would actually recommend that these days, the Pro Gear Slim is is probably the one to go for just because of the price increases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm a 1911 Slim fan. You know, like I think that's mm. a real that's my favorite of the two smaller models, right? Pro Gear regular 1911 Slim, but you know. That could just as easily be reversed. Mm-hmm. All right. If you would like to send in a question of your own, just send a tweet uh, with the hashtag AskTPA or use question mark AskTPA in the Relay FM members Discord. Uh, you can find Brad online in a bunch of places. Go to penaddict.com, spokedesign.com. He's penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter, and Brad streams multiple times a week at twitch.tv slash penaddict. I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can find some products that I work on at cortexmerch.com. And I stream keyboard-related stuff on Fridays at mike.live. Thank you to Uni and Trade for the support of this week's episode. Uh, And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.